This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name is Rachel Turner, and today... Sorry, guys. I'm doing all three sections. We try really hard to schedule it so that, like, you always get, like, a different voice in the mix. But you know what? Today you get me the whole time. And so today I'm going to be sharing a bit of encouragement that God gave me when I was struggling a little bit this week. Because I thought, you know what? Everybody needs a little bit of encouragement. Uh, We're going to be answering a question from a listener about what do you do if your kid seems to be not engaging with this sort of chat and catch experience of encountering God. And I'm going to read for you a chapter from my new book. I'm so excited. Um, The new book is a real slimline book called Babies and Toddlers, Nurturing Your Child's Spiritual Life. And it's a tiny book because... If you're the parent of a baby or a toddler, you don't got a lot of time. And it really is just looking at the spiritual life of babies and toddlers and what can we do to help our children encounter God and start their journey of faith. So that's our day today. Gate crash! So Rachel thought this episode was just going to be her, but uh, Anna here, by the way, and I forgot to tell her a really important piece of information. Entirely my fault. I messed up. But so I'm going to jump off the podcast and uh, chat to you for one minute. And that was that we are closing bookings this week for our Parenting for Faith Zoom course. Um, You can find out all about it on parentingforfaith.org forward slash Zoom 2021. But basically, we know lots of you would like to do the course, but with a bit of online community and support. We'd really like to connect with people who are like you, who have kids the same age or in a similar kind of role in a church. Um, So we are running it for eight weeks on a Thursday evening um, and we will put you in a group with people who are like you. So you can really get that community and support that you want. Um, And it's £20 and that includes the Parenting Children for a Life of Faith omnibus posted to you which is normally £13 plus £3 postage and packing. So it's a pretty great deal. But booking closes on Thursday. So uh, do go on to parentingforfaith.org forward slash Zoom 2021 if you want to find out more about that. Right, on with the episode. I just wanted to start off, I guess, with this encouragement. For me... I was, uh, well, I'm homeschooling as everybody else is. Uh, And so I'm sending my kid to me to educate. And uh, I'm also have a full time job. And I'm also trying, we just did a house move. And you know how sometimes you just feel like you're, you're dropping things through the cracks, you know, like you can never quite feel on top of everything. And I was having one of those rants at God about how I was just feeling about, you know, feeling like I'm not quite enough to do everything that I need to do. I don't have enough in me. And he brought me to this passage in the Bible. I mean, I was, I mean, it wasn't like I was sitting there reading my Bible. I was cleaning my kitchen and, you know, sort of stomping around like I normally do chatting to him in my head. And, uh, and he just reminded me of the time uh, when Jesus was sitting outside of the temple and he was sitting there just sort of hanging out with his buddies which I absolutely love and he was sitting there hanging out with his friends and they were watching people come and go and Jesus said this in Mark 12 Jesus sat down 
opposite the place where the offerings were put. So you know, people were coming and putting in their offerings. And they were watching the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. I'm reading from the Bible now, Mark 12, just in case you can't tell the change in my voice. Many people, many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few pence. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. And I went to pull out my necklace. My mom went to Israel a while ago and she bought me a widow's mite, a, a coin from that time period, first century you know, AD, that, just a, it's a very tiny copper coin, just to remind me of it. And it's in a necklace and you'll see it. I wear it in the Parenting for Faith course because it's something I wear to remind me that I don't have to be rich in skill or energy or ability or I don't have to be the best at everything. I just have to give what I have. And it's a necklace I wear when I when I feel like the lies are coming in my head that I'm not going to be enough or that, you know, I need to be better or more than what I am. I wear this necklace to remind me that all I need to give is what I have. And in this season, some of us feel like we don't have very much, that we have a very small amount of energy, a small amount of emotional capability, a small amount of brain space to parent our kids for faith, to hold the family together, to meet with God. And I just wanted to encourage you with what God encouraged me with, that that whatever we have, whatever is possible for us to give, whatever um, we have in our hands, in our heart, in our capability right now, is valuable to Him, and He sees it. He values it. And he knows the cost of what we give. So as you create windows, as you frame, as you help your kids meet and know God, you may feel like you wish you were doing more. But just know that what you are doing is seen as rich to him because he knows the cost. My name is Rachel Turner, and I get to do the question for today. We love your questions. Please send them in through the website, through the Facebook page. And today's uh, question, again, comes from one of you amazing people out there. And uh, the question is this. I am very inspired by Chat and Catch, and I've been listening in on different answers about that. But one thing I'm not sure I feel I've heard an answer to is... What to do when my child just insists that they cannot catch from God, or they just don't, or when they say that they cannot talk to God themselves, even though I've told them over and over that there is no right and wrong ways to do it, and exemplified it in chat and catch in accessible language. If your kid is struggling with this concept of chat and catch and you feel, as I can read in your thing, you feel like you've done this. You've done the framing. You've done the windows. You feel like you've explained it to your kids. You don't feel like your kid is confused about it um, and your kid still is resisting. What I would suggest is you take a step back from the chat and catch stuff 
And you look at a couple of things. One is their view of God. Uh, session three of the Parenting for Faith course, and there's a chapter in it in the Parenting Children for Life of Faith book, is about unwinding wrong views of God. And sometimes what happens with kids is we teach them how to connect with God. Where they know how to chant. They know how to catch. We've taught it all to them. But what happens is there's something in their head that is wanting to not connect with God. Now, sometimes it's because they view God as someone who's an angry God or a distant God or a God who's not interested. Sometimes it's that their view of God is warped. And so we're saying, you can talk to God. They're saying in their heart, why would I want to connect with a God who is like that. And they have this picture that that isn't necessarily something that you've taught them, isn't necessarily something that you've given them. Uh, sometimes it is just the way they've put their life experience and their Bible stories and what they heard from church and a random thing they saw in a movie, and they put it together in that. And sometimes they struggle to articulate it. Very few children turn to you and go, I don't feel like I want to connect with God because I feel like he's angry at me. But often you'll see it pop up in different ways. So you may just want to step back and explore how your kid views God. Ask questions that don't have right answers to it. Ask questions about like, what do you think God is doing right now in a pandemic? Or um, what do you think God did when he was supposed to be resting on the seventh day? Or um, where do you think God, what do you think God does when we're watching television? Like, just ask random questions and see what their answers are. And and because if you ask questions that have right answers, then you're testing their knowledge. If you ask questions that don't have right answers, then you're really f digging about how they view God. And that may give you some clues on what is causing the hesitance. What is causing the hesitance that makes them feel so disconnected from God and feel insistent on that disconnection from God? It could be their experience that they've never experienced God and they're angry at God about that. And then you can encourage them to talk to God about how angry they are. Uh, sometimes it's that they um, are jealous that other people are experiencing it, so have shut themselves down because they feel like they're not good enough, which is a whole nother conversation. Uh, so there are chapters in the Parenting Children for Life of Faith book that can help you if your child is struggling to connect. Um, but I would just suggest you take a step back and look at, at maybe their view of God. At the end of all the podcasts, there are these questions to start an interesting conversation, and that may help with sort of viewing. How are they seeing God? What are they? How are they viewing God? What are they thinking? thinking about him and where he is. And maybe that can give you some clues on what that barrier is. Sometimes also it can be a power dynamic. Sometimes they just feel like you were so focused on this chat and catch thing that, that they sometimes at their age are just like, nope, I don't want to be controlled. I don't want to be pushed into that. And so they sort of drag their feet on it, which is fine. There are lots of other ways to connect with God. And there's lots of other ways that they can connect with God that doesn't involve you. So it could be that there's just a moment of, of checking the high priest instinct to want to help so much and say, great, I just want you to connect with God in whatever way looks right for you and talk about nature and talk about music and talk about quiet times just laying on the ground and not thinking of anything with no words at all. And there are so many other ways of connecting with God. And then you can say at bedtimes, we just want connecting time with God. And it can be whatever it looks like for you. And we don't have to do it together. And I don't even have to be in the room because 
I know that your time with God is your time with God. So how do you want to connect with God tonight and how can I help? And maybe it's about taking that little step back and saying, you know, connect with God in whatever way feels authentic to you because you guys can have your own language, your own way of doing things that doesn't even need to involve words. So I'd suggest those are some some next steps, really. And if you're finding that that not working, then come back to us because... We're here to uh, walk alongside you as you walk alongside your kids. So please keep this conversation going because we'd like to continue to help. Um, It sounds like you're doing a great job. Hang in there. It is worth it. It is worth it to help you, your kids, find their own path with God. You're doing a great job. Keep going. And and you you will help them find it, I promise. everybody. My name is Rachel Turner and my new book's coming out uh, in February. The book Babies and Toddlers, Nurturing Your Child's Spiritual Life is out. It's a slimline book written accessibly for people of all journeys on their faith journey. So you may be at the very beginning just exploring who God is and how you feel about him. Or you may have been a Christian for, I was going to say 50 years, but at that point you probably wouldn't be just having your baby for the first time. But Either way, maybe you would. Who knows? You may be a grandparent (laughs) and having been a Christian for 50 years and want to buy this book to explore how you can help your grandchildren. Either way, it is a book about helping the spiritual life of babies and toddlers grow. And I wanted to read to you a chapter. It's a slimline book because we don't often have a lot of time to read when we're dealing with babies and toddlers. And so I just wanted to read you chapter four, just a chapter to give you a sample of what it's like. This is called The Joy of Stories. My parents have been in my life since forever. I have spent a lifetime talking with them, getting to know them, and working alongside them. I love hearing their stories about who they were before I knew them and what they are like at work. I find it fascinating that as a teenager, my dad quickly responded when his friends started a fire that got out of control and that my mom signed up for a speech class in secondary school because she was shy and wanted to challenge herself. These stories help me know my parents better and help me see them in a new light. Personal stories have a way of doing that. They help us better understand the people we love. The Bible is a book full of stories about God and many different people. By hearing these stories, our children can get to know more about the God who loves them. Our children can discover different sides of God, learn how he loves to interact with people, and hear how people choose to interact with him. Through Bible stories, our children can better know the God who loves them, understands them, and wants to chat with them. The Bible that you see in church or have at home was written over a span of around 1,500 years by over 40 people from all walks of life, shepherds, shop workers, kings, government workers, and many others. It is filled with men and women's stories of what they have seen and heard from God. They recorded their experiences of what they lived through and of who God was and what he did in the midst of it all. The Bible has copies of people's poems that they wrote when they were joyous and when they were completely devastated. It talks about love and infertility, war and victory, grief and hope. 
Some publishers have chosen a few of those stories and put them into smaller storybook Bibles so children can begin the journey of hearing stories and learning about the God who loves them and is already in their life. But stories aren't just there to learn from. Stories can also be invitations into conversations. Every story I hear about my parents leads me to want to know more. How did my dad have the courage to stay and wait for the firefighters when his friends wanted to flee? Why did my mom choose to practice talking in public when it was the most challenging thing for her? Their stories make me want to ask questions and cause me to wonder about what they experienced. The stories in the Bible can lead us to ask questions and wonder too. They invite us to talk about what we read, to ask questions, and to wonder about what we don't understand. Life with God is an adventure, and reading the Bible is part of it. As you read the Bible with your children, feel free to ask questions, even if you don't know the answers, and feel free to wonder about the parts that most interest you. Make connections to your own life so your children can see that reading the Bible is a great way to get to know how God and life work together. Pause while you are reading to make observations such as, I wonder if they felt afraid, or I felt angry like that before. Do you ever feel angry? Feel free to add in questions like, what was God thinking? I wonder what God is going to do about that, or Why would God choose to do that? Invite your children to add their thoughts by asking them, what would you do next if you were in this story? You don't need to know the right answers to your children's questions, and you don't need to feel that you must make sense of it all for them. Wondering together opens space for each person to know that their thinking matters, regardless of how young or old they are. I don't know is a perfectly good answer. Wondering also opens space for you to ask great questions when you run into people at church or toddler groups. It can start interesting God conversations. The stories in the Bible can also lead to questions and conversations about spiritual, moral, and emotional character. As you read to your children, you can add in observations and questions such as, I love how brave David was in that story. Or, I so admire how Jonathan never gave up. If you are looking for a storybook Bible for your children, there are many to choose from. Little board books for babies, short storybooks with simple illustrations for early toddlers, and large storybooks with fancy illustrations and lots of stories for older children. If you want to read to your own children directly from the Bible itself, and you don't own one yet, there are many versions to choose from. Some will use more simple words, while others will use more complex words and phrases. Choose the version that's most comfortable for you to read. You will even find Bibles printed in a large font, Bibles in easy-to-read English, and bilingual Bibles, too. There are also more and more Bible apps and videos out there to use if reading isn't what you feel most comfortable with. Head to parentingforfaith.org for links to some that we recommend. Whatever way you choose, feel confident that by surrounding your children with stories from the Bible— By talking about those stories with them, you are helping them build a foundation of understanding for their life of faith. And a question to start an interesting conversation with your kid today is, oh, my kid has one that he might be able to suggest to us. Come on down, kid. 
What question? Uh, if you were Jesus, how would you feel or going away to go and preach to the world? Ooh, that's a very good question. If you were Jesus, how would you feel about going away to go and preach to the world? Excellent question. So there you go. Have a good week. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you. Thank you.